0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of CameraWorks Podcast, Above and Beyond. This is Pete. I, uh, on this episode, I interviewed John Edwards. John is a former Marine Corps logistician who transitioned out about four years ago and went into the wine industry and went to a company that um, is involved in integrated supply chain and distribution for the wine industry. And for this call, Um, he thought it would be a good idea to refrain from mentioning the company's name just because it's a family-owned company and a private company, so he thought it would be a better idea to leave that out. So that's what we did. Um, Anyway, his experience is fantastic because he was a logistician in the Marine Corps, but then he transitioned into this organization where he started out doing data analytics. He did analytics, and we talk about that for a little while, and then talk about his career progression. So we get into what he did next where he essentially turned around a customer service team And then got into the logistics function where he was doing more operational work. So he's been extremely successful at his organization in a relatively short amount of time. So one of the things I want to focus on in the podcast was just kind of digging into how have you been successful? How have you been able to move along as quickly as you have and been as successful as you've been thus far in your company? So we get into that. He mentions a book. Before we even start talking about, hey, what book are you reading right now? He mentions a book that we get into called Getting Things Done. And it's all about being productive and using, in his case, using his email and his calendar to be uh, very productive. And I love the way he describes it. As a matter of fact, it's inspired me to look at my practices and fix some things in the way that I do things on a day-to-day basis in terms of being productive. And then we also talk about some other books he mentions Grit by Angela Duckworth, and uh, and then uh, relates that to Mindset by Carol Dweck. And then he finishes the podcast, and I'm going to – this will be a little bit of a teaser because I'd love for you to listen to the whole thing. Boy, he finishes the podcast with a piece of advice to those that are already in business, but then, all, of course, those that are thinking about making the transition and moving on to the business world that I think is a game changer, and I'd encourage you to listen to the whole thing Try not to fast forward to the end although you could do that but if you can listen to john's experience i think it'll pick up a lot along along the way but he actually gives a really great piece of advice in the end that i'm excited for you to hear um, as it relates to cameron brooks um, we help military officers transition into leading companies and into development or leadership roles within those companies and that's what we've been doing now for over 48 years so if you want to know more about us more about cameron brooks Certainly, you can find a wealth of open source information on our website, cameron You can also pick, a, pick up a copy of PCS to Corporate America. Find that on Amazon. It's in its fourth edition now, written by Roger Cameron, co-authored by our CEO, Chuck Alvarez, and Senior Vice President, Joel Junker. Okay, and that's enough for now. For the intro, on to the podcast with John. Hey John, thanks for thanks for being on the podcast. Welcome to uh, the Camera Books podcast, above and beyond. No problem. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. All right, so you have traveled above and beyond from from your time in the military. Maybe maybe we can start here. Why don't you just share with us a little bit about your background leading up to your transition from the military? Where where are you from? what did you do in the Marine Corps, et cetera? Let's start there.
1: Yeah, sure. So. Um, I was in the Marine Corps as a logistics officer in Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina, and around the 2000 to 2014 time frame. So, Second Recon um, basically served in every every billet in a logistics fashion you could. have does. A tough battalion. Gotcha.
0: And you and you transition trans- transition. Excuse me, out of the military. Four years ago. So you've been at your company now for about four years, right?
1: That's exactly right. So it'll be four years in April.
0: Okay, good deal. So, so first of all, I, I know that for this podcast, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on naming the company you work for. Just as you said before we started recording this, you know, it's a it's a private company, family health company. So we'll just we'll just leave the name out of it. But why don't you share with us a little bit about what your company's up to and what they do?
1: Sure. So, kind of a slogan that we like to say is everything but the wine. So, um, what we do uh, in a nutshell is a a fully vertically integrated company. Um, We we make caps, corks, labels. We do logistics. We own a sand mine. We do everything for the wine industry except for actually make make and bottle the wine. So, kind of think about it from start to finish.
0: Okay, good. And when you transitioned out, so you're a you're a UC Berkeley guy. You're a Marine Corps logistician. H- how did you ultimately make the decision to work there? Because I, I remember from your conference, you had options. That wasn't the only opportunity that wanted you to come work for them. Why did you ultimately choose the company you chose?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So um, when I was looking at my options, I was thinking about what would be – the most sustainable long-term did i want to and i you know i mean this in, in no no joking manner but did i want do i want to make mac and cheese did i want to
0: do frito lay that
1: i want to do that? or maybe the wine industry right people are going to drink no matter what and um that was looking to be kind of a fun industry to get involved in and obviously it's nice to come back to the west coast um if i could so but that was never the the primary thing there so
0: um so when you transitioned out, you, you went from a logistics role at 2nd, Re- 2nd Recon Battalion in the Marine Corps to a business or senior business system analyst at your company. What does that even mean? Where did you start and how did that relate or maybe did it relate to anything you were doing in the Marine Corps? Yeah, so it
1: didn't really relate all that much. It was kind of a shock to the system. Um, so a senior business analyst um, in our in our closure division um, was responsible for taking uh, data out of our planning tool JDA um, and analyzing trends um, using Excel and all kinds of other fun things to to make recommendations on stocking levels or or really you know kind of business business uh, practices and and, and so <laughs> There wasn't really anything like that in the Marine Corps. So I had to, you know, figure it out, right? And that's, I guess that's what the Marine Corps trained you to do is, is you go figure it out. So I took classes online. I, uh, I, I partnered with some of the more senior folks who kind of knew what to do and uh, just, just brute forced my way through it and figured it out. And, and, uh, and, and I think I made a very positive impact kind of early on, which was, which was helpful for my career.
0: Well, this is interesting because the way you described it, it sounds like, okay, so I was doing analytics, man. I was taking data. I was identifying trends. Yep. I was plugging into different resources. But when I look at your background, John, so you're, you're a Berkeley grad, which is a great school and, and selective, hard to get into. So obviously the intellectual aptitude is there. But you graduated, you majored in history. And then as a logistician in the, in the Marine Corps, you might have had some, some, some data analytics. But but it sounds like this is uh, far and away more more than you had experienced thus far or leading up to that point. I could be reading a little bit too much into that, but you can no, correct you're, me.
1: You're exactly so right. You said, you know, you were taking
0: ever... – uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: I was going to say, no, you're, you're reading to exactly right. I, 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 I don't know if – I don't think I ever used Excel, you know, really in the Marine Corps. I definitely didn't know what a pivot table was. Um, you know, you're responsible for operations, getting things from point A to point B, doing maintenance, all of that. And that, that's very useful for what I'm currently doing. But with that first job, it was a whole new world.
0: Huh. And so you you, you mentioned, hey, I was taking classes online. I was partnering yeah. with se- senior senior members in the organization in order to get there. Help us understand that, because I think this is a topic, especially with those that are still in the military, this is a topic that comes up a lot in terms of, hey, what will it look like, and how will I get up to speed? You know, my experience is I was a I was a Army field artillery officer, and when I transitioned out, I was doing medical device sales for a very large Fortune 500 company that makes med devices. So I was in the OR consulting surgeons, and obviously I'd never done that in the field artillery in the Army. So I often use that as a, a nice bridge to help people see, like, hey, I, I understand your concern, but let me tell you how it's going to work. How did it work for yeah. you? How did you get up to speed? You mentioned some things, but maybe go a little bit deeper there.
1: Sure. So, kind of you think about it when you were, and any any junior or something like that, you're thrown into a new battalion, and you're coming out of a civilian world. It's a whole new whole new thing as well, right? Getting to the field for this first time, the culture shock, and it was it was a very similar, but on the opposite side, right? So, where operations are non stop, fast paced, um, and you need to learn how to just get things done. Um, and also follow the rules in the in the corporate world where I got here, right, it's a little bit different pace. Um, you can't you know you can't run over anybody to to get there. You have to make sure you, you work with everyone around you, um, and and you know, slow down just a bit. But also the the technical side of it and, and having you know, exact answers to be able to be on the data miners is very different. So just identifying what the key performance indicators are, right? So in the military, it was make sure none of my vehicles are down. Here, it's make sure none of my, uh, none of my production equipment goes down or we're always hitting our, our, <laughs> our, our line speeds. Um, mm-hmm. So we just really dig in, learn what was important, um, and make sure that you're able to do that um, over and over and over again.
0: Gotcha gotcha i think I think that's something that people kind of struggle with because it's a little intangible before officers actually make the transition into the business world and and it's it's likely or at least not unusual that you're going to end up doing functionally things that don't perfectly relate to some of the things you've done in the, you've done in the military, and it sounds like. It sounds like that's what happened at least initially. Let me ask one more, one final question about this specific topic, and then I want to talk a little bit about your career progression thus far. Now you said, like, I didn't even know what a pivot table is or was in in Excel, and so can you give us an idea of talking about that first role, senior business system analyst? You know how how in depth did you go in some of your data analytics? Because I think that, that that would be helpful to know for people that are interested in more data-oriented roles. Sure. So in the
1: role, I was expected to become the
0: subject matter expert
1: um, in, in our systems, right? Again, JDA um, from a planning standpoint and then JDE from our ERP standpoint. I was expected to be the system and subject matter expert um, to the point where, uh, you know, within five months or so, I was the one leading improvement projects in those systems. Um, but then, from a data standpoint, right? I was the one who needed to be able to build reports um, to service the business. So I took SQL classes and I started actually writing my own reports. Um, so, so yeah, I had to go. I had to go as deep, anyone in the business, right? And uh, and I guess kind of. Pros and cons, right? So I actually backfilled um, another uh, Cameron Books uh, alumni uh, who had the position right before me and did a fantastic job. So, so there was very high expectations that I would pick it up quick, just like she did.
0: Mm. Um, you mentioned. I told you that there was my last question, but you said something that I want to. I want to pull on that thread slightly. You yeah. mentioned improvement projects. So you're looking okay. at the data, you're finding ways to optimize systems. Can you give us an example perhaps of a, of, a, of a project or, I'm sorry, of a process or a system that you had the opportunity to work on to, to improve yeah. in some way?
1: Yeah, so um, through, through getting deep into the data, I noticed that we were um, running, we, we had a larger than expected waste on um, specific work orders. And so I partnered with our, our IT group um, and built a report that would pull the waste by production run. Um, and then we, I worked to, um, to analyze that, group it in ways that I could give to our production team and say, hey, you know, when you run, I don't know, I'm making up a name, Painted Turtle, you are always 9% waste. You're supposed to be at 5% waste. What's going on there? And then that from that reporting, we were able to drive quite a few um, waste reduction projects that resulted in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in savings um, cash, right? Um, you know, kind of just right away. So identify issue, see how it can be related, get the, the data, and then, um, then run with it for improvement projects. So I was doing a ton of that.
0: I, uh, I want to make a point here, especially for those, again, that are, that are listening to this who are still in the military and, and thinking about transitioning or, or preparing to transition. Just notice the way that John, you know, talked about the bottom line, you know, I've identified waste, took it to cross-functionally, took it to uh, the production team and in order to save money for the organization. Because you know the bottom line in, in business is profitability the military it's different it's national defense fight and win our nation's wars, but it's nice when you can tell stories that are um quantitatively related to affecting the bottom line so very very good example, and one that I know will be helpful to those who listen to the podcast okay let's uh let's keep going john so you started um you started in the uh in the systems senior business system analyst role. And then just looking at you, we, you and I haven't talked really about this, but just looking at your LinkedIn profile, you've made uh, a, a number of jumps along the way here in the last four years. And so, you know, can you give us a, a little bit of perspective of some of the roles that you've held up to this point?
1: Yeah, so I've, I've been very fortunate um, where I've been in the, the right place at the right time. Um, so I think that I've, Again, this is not, not not normal or experienced, but I think that I've been either promoted or given additional responsibility kind of on average every year. So started as a business system analyst um, about a year and maybe about eight months in um of man- so management manager of customer service, which is kind of logistics. Um it's basically getting product to the customer, being the customer face, um and making sure you know the whole supply chain worked. In, in the eyes of the customer, came open, and I applied for it. And, and fortunately, because of my logistics experience in the Marine Corps, um, I was able to relate that to, you know, moving your people, you know, whatever you want, right? Same thing as moving um, our products. So I was able to mm-hmm. do well in the interview. Uh, thanks again for the training from uh, Cameron Brooks. And so I got right. that position much, much earlier than than would have been expected on my, you know, any anybody really kind of would have expected. And so they took a little bit of risk with me. Um, but I was able to do do very well i turned turned to what many would say was kind of a, a trouble group or um, you know a group that was having some struggles at the time turned them around now we're a very high performance team um so I took that over and that was the international side and about a year in from that, um I took over what's called brokered freight, so that is truck movements um, that don't go on rail uh, from California. So I took that over. So at that point I owned all international shipments and everything, um, west of the Rockies. So, and then about a year in from that, I also took over sourcing. So not only responsible for the customer side, but also sourcing, um, the, the, you know, the, the international shipments of working directly with steamship lines. Um, and then, you know, kind of this year, right. I got promoted to senior manager, um, doing basically the same thing. So I was, in in the words of, of my uh, my manager, you, you were already functioning at the level of a senior manager, so we just made it official. So nice. I, I've, I've been very fortunate to work to work through this and, and have the opportunity as the community to grow the business. So and they, and they recognize that.
0: Yeah, well, this is there's a couple of quick places to go here. So first off, you said, you know, hey, right place, right time, kind of got lucky. Um come on let you know I, yes true timing certainly is a is a factor definitely is a factor in promotions and moving along in the company but what else would you chalk that up to because you know it just doesn't happen so how, how did you know how did that happen or maybe maybe I want to get to that topic but maybe the the more specific or immediate question would be why did you go and apply for the manager global distribution? No, sorry, that's not even right. Why did you go for the, the manager of customer service? You know, you, you said, um, you know, I went and what I did is I went and applied for it and they saw my Marine Corps experience and they liked it. And so I, you know, so why, why did you go apply for it? How, how did you know it was the right time? Um, so, so it would have been,
1: been early compared to, you know, most, most timelines because like, I I'd, I'd, only, I'd only been in position for, I don't know. it was definitely less than a year at the time. Um, uh-huh. And so looking at it, I wanted to get, I wanted to get a team back, a, a larger team, but the customer service manager was responsible for successfully getting products from one place to another um, and you know, kind of just owning every portion of that in, in the eyes of the customer. So very high ex, you know, high execution role, um, and i also I, I did like the idea that the team was perceived as you know having some struggles or underperforming because that was something I always really enjoyed doing in the Marine Corps was um, building a team to be high performance high performance and high execution right you getting the getting the morale back so so those were things that were really appealing to me um, and I knew the hiring manager um, through previous projects so okay. i i was I was very focused on. On, on, what do you want to call it, networking, I guess, for lack of a better term, but, but he had a lot of faith in me based on prior projects, so so it was good.
0: This is a theme, a recurring theme in this podcast, especially, but uh, I ended up talking about it, and it's, my, it's, my, it's even my own experience working um, at a, another company prior to Cameron Brooks. I feel like the two keys to promotion, and you've said them, so I, I assume you'll agree, The two keys to promotion are your professional network and your performance. And a lot of times people think, well, if I just keep my head down and I do my job, just like in the Marine Corps or for me in the Army, if I just keep my head down and do my job and don't, you know, mess up and really, you know, do a good job, then I'm going to get promoted. And that's true because there is a time and grade, time and service component to promotions, especially for a JMO. But that's not true in business. That's at least it's not true in my experience, and it doesn't sound like it's true in your experience. What's true is you you worked with this manager on previous projects. You said yep. he recognized your high performance and thought, "Man, John would be a good person to come lead my team." What do you say to that, or what do you think?
1: I'd say that's exactly right. So, so yeah, and I've 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 been very intentional about. Continuing to work, so this most recent promotion, I, I stay. I'm staying with this uh, same manager, so so we we make a great team. So, but I would agree with you completely. The those who get promoted um, fastest not only can deliver high results, but also know the right people to talk to at the right times um, to get the name to get their name out there in a positive way.
0: Now, you use the term for that networking, and I would use the exact yep. same term, by the way. Um, yep. But it's interesting. Sometimes I, you know, someone will say, "Well, how do you get promoted in business?" And I'll say, "Well, you know," and and I go down the road of the here are the two things that are required. And I sometimes will get a little pushback, like, "Well, that sounds like, you know, you're sucking up or you're, um, you know, you're you're brown I don't know brown nosing whatever you <laughs> know you're 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 not being genuine, but you're just trying to get ahead in this world, and that sounds cutthroat. But but I, that's not what you're describing, and that's not my experience either. So can you? I don't know. Can you unpack that a little bit? That's not a, I understand how broad of a question that is, but can you try to unpack sure. that? Let us, let us hear how important it is. Let us know what you do specifically to, to network and build your brand up in your organization.
1: Yeah. So um, I, I always do my best. And I always put my hand up to be on any large improvement projects that are going to have an, Impact on the bottom line, right? Because then your name gets tied to um, a a good guy for the company. So that's that's just how you know. I'm, I'm constantly trying to get my name out there in a positive way. Um, the second thing that I'm very intentional of is I spend I have one-on-one time with people who I think are influential in the company. So I'm gonna make up a name, but let's say his name was Daniel or something like that. So Daniel's a, a high-performing, let's say director, um, and is in my division then I want to make sure that I can get some sort of, and, I, and it's it's very selfish on my part, but I'm going to ask questions on how he thinks I should do some certain things. It's basically a mentor-mentee relationship. Um, right. So I guess, you know, not, not a sucking up, not a brown nosing, but a mentor-mentee relationship. And then that I can get the benefits of that person's experience. And then that mentor, right, can get the benefit of seeing what I'm doing in a way that they wouldn't normally see it. And so they have kind of a, an idea or an inner dialogue about John's John's working is, you know, he's working very hard. He's trying to do all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, he's having positive impacts. And so when, again, Daniel has a position that's open, he's like, I know who I want to to fill this position
0: right away. Mm Um, tell me, tell me what, what kind of reception you've received. Obviously it's been positive in the way you're describing it, but maybe you can go a little further. Um, what kind of reception have you received when when you've gone to a senior director or someone that's kind of in your, in your unit or outside of your unit or division for that matter and said, "Hey, yeah. would it be okay for for me to get on your calendar or for me to buy you a cup of coffee you, you know what, what yeah. how has that obviously it's been positive, but tell us how that played out yeah so it's it's always
1: been very positive I've never had anyone say no, I don't want to share some knowledge right in fact I, I generally, I generally find that, that they are flattered. Um, so it, it depends on you know, how close they are to me. If if they're far away and I'm never going to run into them, then I, you know, I'll be I'll be as forward as shooting an email saying, hey, um, do you do have time for lunch or you know, let's grab a cup of coffee before or after work or just something. And I've never received a note. And if if I'm going to bump into them randomly um, in the office, then I'll say, hey, you know, I'm working on this project. I'd love to just get your walk you through some of the questions I have and get your input on it over lunch or a cup of coffee or something like that. And then you can get that, that one-on-one time. You can, you know, share a little bit. Everyone rather work with someone they like. So, and that, mm-hmm. that works for people up the chain or down the chain. If I, if I know I'm going to mm-hmm. run a project with someone out in the warehouse, um, like a team lead that I've never met before, I will go take that person out to lunch or or again grab a cup of coffee so that we can figure out, you know, how best to work together. I did the same thing in the Marine Corps. Like down the street, um, C L B had had a had a, a heavy forklift and so I'd go over there and hang out with the lieutenant who ran that the motor shop and and then when I needed something, you know, I could ask and it would get sent over and, and, and vice versa. And I know my I know my gunnies did it so I learned from I learned from them,
0: right? You got to have a—they call it the logistics mafia. You got to have a strong mafia if you want to be able to be successful. Love it. I want to come back to the—you you, know—you said you know building your network. The first thing you did, you didn't use this word, but essentially you said you volunteer. You raise your hand yeah. for hard projects that. But but in doing that, well, there's a sacrifice. A lot of times in volunteering, there's a sacrifice associated with that you know whether it be a time sacrifice or whatever it might be did you find that to be the case in your situation
1: um so i i i have been fortunate that i, I was trying to recommend a book it's called getting things done um for anyone out there but it, it's a way to organize your work so i have found and I, I don't mean this in any you know kind of way but i've found that i can generally get more done than most people can and so I can volunteer for a project and still get what I need to get done throughout the day, um, where it doesn't really negatively impact me. I have I have a rule with my wife that I'm always home for dinner. So if I have to wake up early, I do that. But I but I'm always home for dinner.
0: Now, tell, can you give us the the thirty thousand foot outline overview of getting things? This is Getting Things Done by David Allen, I think. Yeah. Right? Is that the is that the author? That's okay. Right. Can you give us the uh you know the the high level uh 30,000 foot view outline of getting things done? Yeah. Um and and you can you
1: can google that and there's a there's a flow chart, but essentially okay. I I'm going to use um I'm going to use email as the uh the point here but um you set up your email to where you have an action folder, a done folder and a doing later or something like that. I, I really just have an action and a done folder. But every task that comes into your life, if you can do it in less than five minutes, you do it immediately. And then the task is done. You never have to think about it again. If it's going to take more than five minutes, you throw it into your action folder. And then throughout the day, you work through your action folder based on priorities. um, And you just knock out tasks. And if it's something that has to happen in the future, calendar and you'll put it in your done folder if it's something that needs to be delegated you'll delegate it and then put your put a reminder you know a week later let's follow up on this done folder okay. and so by thinking about tasks in that way i found that i'm able to accomplish significantly more than than my peer group or you know what who who have a thousand emails in their inbox and are just drowning and, and, and can't get back on time and and things like that so so yeah so i I love that. I live by that. I, I get hives if I have anything in my inbox. Um, (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) so so it sounds like it's a very integrated email um, calendar system and I like it, boy, you're, you're talking my language. It's, it's, it's reminiscent of like a bullet journal, although it's not quite a, it's like a, it's like a little bit more technical and definitely um, Electronic version of a maybe like a bullet journal. So sounds good. I, yeah. I will link Getting Things Done by David Allen to uh, to the show notes here for sure, and uh, and go pick up a copy myself because because I'm kind of on a journey like that myself. I was using the bullet journal for a while, and I still use my bullet journal, just not in the way that it's prescribed. I use it more as a journal, and I've transitioned back to electronics and you know or digital calendar and email et cetera. So interesting. I like it. I uh yeah, I'll go yeah, check no, it out. I did the any I did
1: like you know, writing stuff down for a while and then you find you you're spending time writing things down when you could just have it already electronic and it's just more efficient.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, now are you uh are you reading anything else or are you, you know, listening to any podcast or um you know involved in any any um professional development outside of what you've mentioned thus far?
1: Yeah, so I love I love reading. Um and I I live about thirty minutes away from uh where I work, so I listen to uh audible pretty much every every single morning um and every night okay. when I'm driving home and um so yeah, so yeah, so absolutely yes. Um the most recent book I read was um now I'm drawing a blank. It's called um what's the name of the Sorry, I'll get I'll get back to it. One right before that was Scrum, which is how to uh, basically how to run projects right versus a waterfall. That's a great book too. Um, right, grit. Right. God, the name of the book was Grit. I read. I Angela Duckworth, book. right? Yep, that was a good one. That was one of most yeah. recently kind of kind of finished.
0: What do you like about Grit?
1: Um, so I think that she does a great job. Explaining and then backing up the difference between um, outlooks on life, right? So there's something that she calls learned helplessness. So there are, are people who believe that, you know, you can't change your intelligence level, you can't change um, what's happening to you around you. And these people typically have what she's called as learned helplessness. Maybe as a kid, someone said, you know, you're dumb, you're never going to get smarter. Um, and then she, kind of shows the opposite side, which is a growth mindset, which is, of course, I can get smarter. I can learn anything. There's nothing that can hold me back. And I really liked how she looked into studies and, and those types of things. You know, I have a I have a four-year-old daughter, so it was very important to me, but also my team, right? How do I foster a growth mindset? Because those with a growth mindset are more, are happier, they're more effective, and they don't really give up, right? And that's kind of one of the main things on my team is – Giving up is never is never an option. So, right. I really like right. that
0: book on how to. Sounds deal with like that. I haven't read. I haven't read Grit. It's a. Uh, it, I know my colleague Rob Davis has read that, and he recommends it occasionally. It sounds like Carol Dweck's, or at least related to Carol Dweck's book, called Mindset, which really focuses on the fixed and growth mindset as well. It sounds like there's some overlaps and similarities read, between those two books.
1: So, yeah. So I read that book too. So the difference with the um, the mindset is both I guess focused specifically on the different mindsets whereas Uh where grit she actually so she's actually been uh experimenting on I think it was West Point um students for quite some time and so she's found that the largest contributing factor to success at West Point is what she calls grit right not intelligence not anything it's are you going to give up in a tough
0: situation got it well, that's good. Yeah, I think I'm going to probably go pull that book right off my colleague's bookshelf here in just a second and uh, get started because I'm excited about it. Sounds good. Um, yeah. All right. Really so long. let's land. Let's land the plane here. I, I love. I love hearing your experience, and I know that those who listen to this pro- podcast will will dig in and appreciate that as well. Um, actually, you know what? I want to ask you two questions because you mentioned you took the place. Of a former junior military officer, when you transitioned to your company and started doing your first role out there, yep. um, do you regularly rub shoulders with former military folks out there? Is there any sort of group that you have formed, or any sort of mentoring, formal or informal, formal thing that you guys work work on together?
1: So you no, know, absolutely. So there's a there's a chunk of us who all hang out pretty pretty regularly, and and when I first transitioned out. Um, there was a a more senior, uh, a, a much more senior JMO, um, And actually he went through Cameron Brooks too. He, I think he was the very first to go to, um, w- you know, one of our companies, but he, he took me under his wing um, cause I was a little bit rough around the edges when I first came out. Right. You come from a, you come from a recon battalion with, with a bunch of, you know, very hyper aggressive men. And uh, I got thrown in and I had, you know, I had a 60-year-old woman reporting up to me, and 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 folks who weren't as used to the direct uh, style. And he grabbed me and said, "Hey, you know, hey, dummy, you can't be doing this." And and helped helped coach me through those first those first couple of months. And and he, you know, honestly, I think that if he hadn't done that, I, I would not be where I am today. So so yes, we have we have formal and informal uh, relationships with with other military officers and in,
0: in in the company. Got it. That's great. I think that's one of the primary concerns that people think about when they think about getting out of the military is losing the camaraderie. You know, obviously the military is known for, and we do have such strong camaraderie, but in many, many cases outside of the military, it, not the same, obviously not the same. It's a different mission. Yep. It's, you know, you're not going to the field together. You know, there's, it's a different level, no question about it, but there is still some good you know, camaraderie and connectivity, especially as it relates to former military folks with that shared background, that we just see all over the place out here in in the business world.
1: Yeah, and I would I would very strongly recommend to any
0: any junior military
1: officer who's getting out, um, to very purposefully find someone who has done it successfully, hopefully at your company or somewhere else, and just have talks with that person because because their experience is going to be invaluable um, to your success Mm -hmm. while you
0: transition. We're going to use that. I was going to ask you one last question, but we're going to use that as the answer to my last question. I would just say, what's some good advice you would give to those transitioning? And, and I got to tell you that that's really, and and it's, it's fresh. It's advice that people don't, I usually don't hear, you know, sometimes we see some here themes on this podcast, but that's a great piece of advice is plug in, find someone who has a shared background and experience and, Plug in. Like you said, you know, I, I don't remember, frankly, John, I don't remember you being rough, but coming from a recon battalion and then managing a different team, so I think that, that it's great that someone was able to, you know, see your potential and grab you and say, hey, let me, let me help you think There's the way this transition looks. So excellent, excellent yeah. advice.
1: And then so that and then the one other thing is, is as quickly as possible, identify a way to make more money for the company. Okay. If you can do that and get your name attached to that, you're going to do well. And don't yell at anybody.
0: Tell me, tell me why. I Tell me why that works so well in your eyes.
1: Um, so a, a lot of people at a company will show up and they'll do their job, right? Let's say, let's say your operations, you're mm-hmm. responsible for getting mm-hmm. trucks to move from one place to another. And you might really excel at that, but if you can do that plus, get your name attached to growth, um, profitable growth within a company, they will see you as someone that they need to promote as quickly as possible so that you can be responsible for a larger chunk of that. So I tell this to my whole team, right? If you can get your name associated to a project that saved money um, or grew the business, then that is so much better than having, I did my job every day really well, right? It's going above and beyond, Mm -hmm. but growing the business. So, so profitable growth is the goal of every company.
0: Excellent advice. Fantastic advice. And why is that? Well, it's because that's the bottom line goal. The bottom line is the bottom line. Profitability is the thing that allows companies to grow and sustain. So, excellent advice. John, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Great catching up with you again, hearing how things are going. Obviously, you've been wildly successful. Thus far, outside of the Marine Corps, and I, my assumption is you'll keep keep climbing and growing, and and you know I look forward to having you back to a Carew Brooks conference at some point in the not too distant future to bring out some more great JMOs.
1: Perfect. Thanks so much for my uh, for having me
0: on here. All right. Good deal. Thanks, John.